Hey, welcome back to the Food Apocalypse Now podcast. I'm Chris from Food Apocalypse Now, back for another uh, little chat. I guess we're going to talk about some food. We're going to talk about some other things. I always say Food Apocalypse Now is a revelation of all things food, and the Food Apocalypse Now podcast is a revelation of all things Food Apocalypse Now. Uh, you know what? I've always been of the mindset foodies don't just uh, sit there and look at pictures of food all day. We don't just sit there and eat all day. We have other interests and other desires of uh, areas where we can uh, sink our teeth and our mind into, and uh, I am no different. And I want to share some things, not just the food that I love, but the other things that uh, I'm enjoying. And uh, today we're going to talk about one of the boxes we did on the Snack Attack video. If you haven't checked out Snack Attack, it's a... uh, a series, I, I don't know, it's on YouTube, uh, a video series, I guess you could call it, where I uh, kind of share some of the favorite snacks I enjoy. Uh, because I like to enjoy, you know, I like the traditional stuff. I like a, a Oreo cookie or a Dorito chip uh, from time to time, but I like to delve into some interesting odd flavors and flavor combinations, different snacks that you don't find on your typical store shelf. And uh, I started this series kind of doing that, and I came across the Universal Yums box. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a try because Universal Yums, they kind of uh, take a different country and put in a, uh, a bunch of the snacks from that country in each month's box. I believe uh, next month it's going to be South Korea. This past month uh, we had one from Turkey. And the Turkey box, uh, you can catch the video, Snack Attack, uh, do the Universal Yums Turkey box on uh, t- <laughs> It sounds odd saying turkey box. Mix. I'm. I'm hoping nobody's thinking. Uh, just open a box and a bunch of turkeys come out like a like a turkey clown car. But uh, no, a lot of snacks from Turkey. And one of the snacks I loved the most out of our box from Turkey. And you'll hear me go on about it on the uh, snack attack video where we feature that turkey uh, universal yums box. But it was a a snowball. And uh, I, I like snowballs as much as the next person here. The United States version. Uh, with you know the cake and the cream and the coconut and the uh, the marshmallow and all that and this is it's similar to that the the Turkish version is very similar uh, no marshmallow there's like a, a coating I don't know if it's a, a white chocolate coating it's a lighter colored coating maybe some sort of chocolate marshmallow amalgamation I'm not sure uh, but what I loved about it is you got this coconut cake or actually this cocoa cake a uh, chocolate cake and this uh, milky creamy coffee filling in the center and then you got bits of uh i i totally got it wrong on the snack attack video i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you because it was my god's honest that i was opening it for and trying it for the first time i really didn't know what i was getting into i just uh it was so different from what i was expecting from the snowball kind of threw me for a loop uh, i thought it was chocolate sprinkles on the outside upon further review after the fact uh, it's uh, flavored coconut uh sprinkles on the outside it's just so good. I ended up buying more. You can go to the Universal Yum Shops and, uh, and you know, get uh, things that were in the bigger boxes that you didn't get. I get the smallest box because I'm cheap like that. But uh, you can get other things. And uh, I love those uh, Turkish uh, coffee and coconut snowballs so much that I, I went and bought some more. I may have bought them out. I, I went to the website, uh, the Universal Yum Shop, and they didn't have any more. Uh, I was crestfallen and heartbroken because I'm going to have to start savoring the ones that I did buy. Hopefully, they'll get some back, but uh, check them out. You can find them online as well, different places. Uh, Just Google it. 
But uh, just loved these snowball cakes. They're so good uh, because I liked it because, you know, I could kick back, enjoy it with a cup of coffee at breakfast. I know you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, Chris, I didn't know you were such a health nut eating snowballs and coffee for breakfast. And I know, I know. I, I don't like to brag about how healthy I eat in the morning, but uh, you could have it uh, for a snack at lunch. I've, I've taken uh, a couple in my uh, lunch pail to work and had them as a snack at work and uh, a snack in the evening. They're, they're very much a universal snack. Uh, part of the fun pun from Universal Yums, uh, but uh, they, they they just go well any time of day. Whether you're having them with coffee, a uh, nice tall cold glass of milk, I really enjoyed those, and uh, I hope to see them back on the Universal Yum shop. Uh, they're not paying me for this, by the way. Uh, I just enjoy what they do so much, and those those Turkish uh, coffee and coconut snowballs are just dynamite. And uh, like I said, I'm gonna have to parcel out the ones I have left. Because uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it anymore. My my wife is probably going to find all of our stuff out of the safe and just filled with the snowballs that I have left. And uh, I may have to change the combination, give it to her, let her deal them out to me so I don't eat them all at once. But, but at any rate, this morning I got up and I had a, a coffee and coconut snowball with some coffee. And uh, I was checking out Anthrax. Do you ever listen to the band Anthrax? I'm a huge Anthrax fan. It wasn't always that way. But uh, I became a huge Anthrax fan decades ago. And they're celebrating their 40th anniversary. And what they're doing, very cool, is they're doing like a, almost a, a documentary. But they're doing it in segments. They're taking each little piece of their career, starting from the beginning. And uh, every, I believe it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday... Uh, they're doing a new episode, uh, usually about 15 minutes long or so, and they're documenting the uh, the life and times of Anthrax, and I have just been enjoying it. Now, the latest episode was supposed to come out yesterday. Today's Saturday. It was supposed to come out yesterday, and it didn't, but it did come out this morning, so I was so excited. So I'm sitting there enjoying my uh, coffee and coconut snowball cup of coffee and the latest episode of the uh, Anthrax 40-year uh, celebration, I guess you could call it. And uh, one of the things I love about this band is just how... How fun they are, uh, and always have been. Uh, you know, they're especially towards the like mid late '80s. They got a little, you know, almost, you know, at the time. Well, let me start. Start from the beginning. Uh, I was never. I didn't start out being an Anthrax fan. Uh, their first album came out, uh, Fistful of Metal. Uh, you know, I had heard of it, but I really didn't get into it. Um, Among the Living came out, Armed and Dangerous, Among the Living came out, and I, I knew of them, uh, but at that time, the mid-80s, you know, the hair bands were starting to come out, and to me, that was fun, and I was just the right age, mid to late 80s, you know, I'm getting into my teen years, and I wanted songs about girls, getting girls uh, breakup songs about girls, 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 girls. I wanted that. That's what really, uh, that's what really attracted me to to rock. And and you know, a lot of people give uh, what's deemed hair metal. Back then, it was just metal. Uh, you may have, may have heard some people calling it glam, but but uh, back then, it was just metal. And uh, you know, that's that's what I liked. The harder stuff, the more serious stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, that's good. But I, I want to hear about uh, how to get chicks. And that, that was really my priority back then. But uh, it wasn't until 
uh, State of Euphoria came out. And I didn't get the album right away. I, I knew it came out. You know, it was in all the, the metal mags. Uh, metal Edge, you know, I bought that magazine re- religiously. Uh, metal Shop, stuff like that. But uh, I was on, oddly enough, I was on a church youth group outing. And it was all of us crammed in some sort of bus. And uh, I had the new Bullet Boys tape. And uh, a kid that I, you know, went to school with and went to church with, he had uh, State of Euphoria from Anthrax. And he heard that I was listening to Bullet Boys, and he hadn't heard it yet. And I think he was expecting something a little harder, uh, something a little more thrash. But uh, we swapped cassettes. And, you know, he's listening to it for a little bit. I'm listening to Anthrax, State of Euphoria for a little bit. He ends up giving me my tape back. I don't think it was his cup of tea. And so I kind of felt obligated. But you know, I was listening to State of Euphoria, and while it wasn't what I would normally listen to, like I said, I was into the glam stuff, Poison, Cinderella, Rat, Crew, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I did listen to some of the harder stuff, you know, uh, your Iron Maidens and, and stuff, things like that, Judas Priest, but, but you know, getting into Thrash, Metallica really, and I'll get into Metallica and how that kind of opened the door for things, but uh, but that was about as hard as I, I got, but but I was interested because it was different. Uh, Anthrax, you know, the sound, it wasn't any, like anything I was listening to. None of the glam stuff that I was listening to at the time. I, I still didn't go out and buy the album. It wasn't until uh, probably uh, a couple years later, uh, my family moved to uh, just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And, you know, it's, I, I, all my friends were up here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I didn't really, it wasn't, I wasn't really outgoing. Uh, I really didn't make friends easily. Uh, you know, I had a few kids in the neighborhood that we moved to that uh, became friends with, but I was pretty much a loner. And and really, what I clung to was music. And so I became all about listening to finding new music, finding different things to listen to. And you know, what? I was like, I, I've seen this band Anthrax, uh, heard them, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up State of Euphoria. And I did. And I finally really got to listen to it. It was fun. And of course you watch stuff like Headbangers Ball back in the day, back in the late eighties, you know, you saw the video for Antisocial all the time and and I really started to get into them, then started to get into, you know, the other albums like Among the Living. Uh my best friend at the time, uh, was really into that and kind of was, oh, this song's about Stephen King and that song's about Stephen King and this is about Judge Dredd, the comic, you know? And uh, and so really started to kind of get into them more. Persistence of Time comes along in the uh, early 90s and uh, just great. I love the uh, Joe Jackson Got the Time cover. Uh, a lot of other great tunes. There's some samples of uh, Twilight Zone episodes in there and uh, just some really cool stuff. And then, of course, Joey Belladonna uh gets fired from the band that was all kind of a uh a weird time uh, you know I, I it was one of those things where uh you know your bands they just always kind of stuck together and uh, to to see such a prominent figure because his voice was so iconic for for the anthrax i knew of course i hadn't really listened to the the fistful of metal the the nick uh, turban stuff and i thought that you know joey belladonna was gonna be the lead singer forever uh, but at any rate, uh, he's gone from the band. Uh, they brought in John Bush from Armored Saint, which I, you know, I, I knew of that band. I listened to to some of their some of their work. Uh, wasn't I, I wasn't a 
a huge fan, but I wasn't not a fan. You know, I enjoyed what I heard from Armored Saint. Uh, they weren't my favorite band, but it was one of those bands where if they're on Headbangers Ball, I'm watching the video. If they're on the radio, I'm listening to the song and I'm waiting for the, you know, the, the bands I, I really loved. So, you know, I was I was familiar with John Bush. Um, yeah, I could, can't say that, I, you know, he was one of my favorite singers or anything like that. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, but there again, like I said, I did not like him. But but that time for Anthrax, when they kind of got into that uh, John Bush era, and you had some of those albums like uh, like Sound of White Noise, Stomp 442, things like that, that I just kind of fell away from the band. And it just wasn't the Anthrax I love. And like I said, Joey Belladonna's voice was Anthrax, or at least a key component of Anthrax for me. And uh, so, I, you know, I like I said, I, I listened to some of the stuff from those albums. Uh, wasn't... There again, it was good music. Don't get me wrong, but it just didn't feel like Anthrax to me. So, uh, you know, to that whole era of Anthrax, I really, I can't say much about because, like I said, I really wasn't listening to them that much. But then back in, what was it, uh, 2010, 2011, somewhere along there, Joey Belladonna gets back with Anthrax, and then they put out a couple of masterful albums, Worship Music and For All Kings, uh, which came out in 2016, I believe. And just that's when Anthrax was back for me. And uh, and, and they kind of, you know, changed the style. You know, back in the, the mid-'80s, you know, when they're doing Among the Living, when they're doing the State of Euphoria, they, they just kind of had a fun vibe about them. You see them on concert videos and things like that. I was never lucky enough to see uh, the band live, but you're watching concert videos, and they're wearing the jam shorts and the T-shirts and, and you know, running around the stage, and it just looked like they were having a good time. It wasn't like Metallica where they're all in black T-shirts and black jeans, and they're just angry-looking, and, and same with Megadeth and stuff like that. But uh, they... They look like they were fun to hang out with. And uh, and then when they kind of went into that John Bush era, they kind of got uh, darker, a little heavier. Uh, and I say darker in so much as, you know, they were dressing, you know, black and black T-shirts and, you know, kind of had more of a metal look to them. And then, like I said, the, the music was a little harder, a little more aggressive. And they didn't seem like the fun band I knew back in the day. But you know, bands evolve and bands grow. And then when Joey Belladonna comes back, it's kind of like uh, you, you're taking the best of both worlds. You've got that great sound, Joey Belladonna's vo soaring vocals. And then you've got the, the heavier, less thrash and more just hard rock metal sound that they kind of got with the uh, the John Bush era. And you, you build those two together and it's got such a great Great sound and just loving what's coming out of Anthrax here, you know, over the past uh, 10 years or so. And really excited for more. I, I don't, I heard some, some comments from Scott Ian about how they might not make a full album again or they don't need to because they they can they've got such a library of great music that they can tour on that i hope that's not the case i hope they do come out with some new music uh because they just you know they they're winning nominated and winning grammys uh since joey belladonna come back and that's you know that speaks volumes to the quality of music they're putting out but uh but it's funny because you know i talked about metallica here in a little bit and a lot of people bemoan Metallica for quote unquote selling out back in the and justice for all uh, album era. They did the video for one 
And I got to say, if it wasn't for that video, I might not be listening to Anthrax. Because you've got a band like Metallica who, you know, back when I was growing up, nobody actually had a Metallica uh, cassette tape. They they always had a dub of somebody else's. And it was one of those, just everybody had like a dub of a dub of a dub. And they were like kind of this underground band that uh, that everybody loved and they were hard and aggressive. And, and you know, it's, when they kind of came to the forefront, it took a band like Metallica and a song like One that was kind of palatable to the masses that got me thinking, oh, well, you know, there's a little bit more to, to rock and metal than, than just the glam stuff, than just getting girls, uh, which was kind of my focus there in my, there my teenage years. Uh, so, you know, I started listening to Metallica more because of one and became a fan of Metallica. And then because of Metallica, I started listening to the bands like Megadeth, uh, you know, Rust in Peace, uh, such a great album. Uh, love that album. Holy Wars, Punishment Dues, just fantastic. It's, just, it's so many movements in that. It's just really a, an interesting song, Hangar 18, uh, stuff like that. And then, you know, kind of started delving into uh, more of the Megadeth library. Uh, started listening to bands like Testament. Um, I was never a big Slayer fan. You know, if you're talking about the big four, Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and Anthrax, uh, I was never a huge Slayer fan. I listened to some Slayer uh, a friend of mine's, actually my best friend, his cousin's boyfriend at the time, kind of got me listening to um, Seasons in the Abyss. Uh, it's not that I didn't like them. I just... <coughs> it just wasn't for me. I, I like singing, and, and there wasn't as much singing. You know, with, with Metallica and Megadeth, uh, James Hetfield and Dave Mustaine are not great singers in the, in the traditional sense. Uh, but for what they do, they, they, you know, not great vocal range, but they, they sing well enough to, to really encapsulate what their sound is in their voice. And that's great. Uh, Slayer just seemed a little too, um, who, who put, somebody put it best <laughs> to uh, cookie monster for me, growly and, and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's why bands like a testament i i thought uh, you know they had uh great vocals uh and anthrax uh that's you know i kind of got into them by default when i was started to listen to uh, metallica megadeth testament things like that uh, and anthrax uh, of course i i reinvented i reintroduced myself to them and and of all the the thrash metal bands of all the big four i think one of the things that makes Anthrax stand out, uh, besides great songwriting, uh, Scott Ian writes a lot of the lyrics, and it's just, and maybe it's maybe it's not poetry, maybe it's not Shakespeare, uh, maybe it's not Keats or or anything like that, but it was songs about things that were cool to me. Stephen King, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Yeah, they've got uh, several songs, uh, you know, inspired by Stephen King works. Uh, you know, uh, Among the Living, uh, Misery, uh, Skeletons in the Closet, uh, some of the new stuff. Uh, breathing lightning and things like that uh really cool to me because i'm a huge stephen king fan you know the uh judge dread stuff i am the law 
uh, so great and uh, so many other really cool things. They get uh, one of the songs off of worship music. Fight them till you can't. Uh, it's about zombies. And, you know, who doesn't love zombies these days? Uh, so uh, that was one of the things that was really uh, cool to me is that how uh, one band and one song that everybody considered them selling out. But if they hadn't done that, if they hadn't gone more mainstream, then it wouldn't have opened up some of these great bands like Metallica, like Megadeth, like Testament, like Anthrax to a guy like me who really didn't, think they were into that at the time but i found out i did like it and i was into it and that's you know that's that's my story of uh getting into anthrax but uh uh and so that it made me realize that you know you can't always judge a book by its cover uh you can't always judge things by what you particularly like at any given time you gotta you gotta chew it it's like food it's like a, a good dish you've got a Take a bite. You got to savor that bite. You got to taste it. Really see what you enjoy about it. And maybe maybe you don't like it the first time, but maybe the second time you try it and you're looking at it with different eyes, uh, then maybe it's a little more palatable. And then you realize that you love this dish. Uh, it's like that with music, I think. And uh, that's how it was with me and Anthrax. And now, you know, since my first... Uh, first introduction to them back in the the late 80s mid late 80s uh to now i've just been such a huge fan and really excited about this this documentary if you will the celebration of anthrax celebrating 40 years so uh i i know those guys are probably listening to my podcast uh it'd be cool if they did but but i don't uh, i don't expect that but uh i i wish them all the best uh thank thank you anthrax if you do ever end up hearing this thank you for 40 years of rocking me and and making me open my eyes to to what music can be and of course uh looking for 40 more years uh, i don't know how old you will be 40 years from now uh, i'm guessing probably uh probably advanced in years so if you're still rocking then uh i'll be buying records and uh, thank you like i said all seriousness uh thank you for 40 years i'm looking for many more and uh I encourage everyone, if you've never listened to Anthrax, check them out. If you like hard rock, if you like metal, uh, you're going to dig it because there's a lot of great stuff and uh, a, a great band. Great, you know, I, I talk so much about Joey Belladonna and his great voice, but, you know, over the years they've had, you know, Charlie Bonatti uh, as an innovator on the drum kit. Uh, Frank Bellow is a great bassist. I just, I love some of his bass riffs. Uh, just kind of reminds me of some of the stuff, uh, you know, those kind of bass riffs you get with like Neil. Um, with uh getty lee from rush and and some of the great bassists uh steve harris from iron maiden just those bass riffs that you're like wow frank bellow has those type of bass riffs uh, scott ian uh great songwriter uh great guitarist you know his his driving guitar riffs on rhythm guitar just uh you know that's you know i talk about joey belladonna being a signature sound that's a signature sound as well all the all the band members really uh bring their signature sound to make anthrax what it is and of course danny spitz who's not with the band now but back in those you know those early records uh you know his lead guitar just blistering you know you talked about some of the bands with the uh, great guitarists in the hair metal, glam metal genre. Uh, Danny Spitz keeps up with and surpasses a lot of them. Uh, just a great guitarist. And then, of course, they've got uh, a new guitarist, 
Rob, who does such a, a great job and, and really enjoy his lead guitar work on the, on these newer albums. So uh, just to check it out. Anthrax is a great band and uh, a band that uh, I, anytime I get a chance to listen to them, I am glued to the phone or the speaker or wherever I happen to be listening to uh, my music at. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll be back who knows when. Uh, I've been trying to get a system down, a schedule down, where I'm going to do snack attack videos on this day. I'm going to do podcasts on that day. And I realized that, you know, I don't want to be confined to just doing one podcast a week. Maybe maybe I'll do two. Maybe I'll do three. Depends on what's going on. So until we talk again, uh, enjoy yourself. uh, Enjoy snacking. Enjoy enjoy life, uh, whether it's books whether it's music, whether it's TV, we're going to be talking about some TV stuff and one watching on the next episode of the uh, Foodpocalypse Now podcast, I believe. And uh, until then, check out our website, foodpocalypsenow.com. You can like us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, follow, like, follow us, subscribe, all that jazz, like the videos, uh, check out the Snack Attack. I like us, I've been saying this for a while. We're working on some new ideas, just trying to find the time to uh, get started on some of those ideas with new videos and uh, maybe uh, another podcast or so uh, with my lovely wife. But check all of that out and your support is greatly appreciated. You know, that I'm not uh, making millions of dollars, not even making tens of dollars doing this. I do it for the love of it. Do it because I love sharing you know, ideas and thoughts about food, uh, ideas and thoughts about music and, and TV and movies and, and whatever I happen to be talking about on any given uh, moment on this podcast. But uh, I want to thank you for your support and please share with uh, those you know and love that might uh, be interested in this sort of thing as well. So until next time, you've been listening to a revelation of all things Food Apocalypse Now.